You're listening to the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Harden, and I'm so glad you showed up for our relationship chat today, as well as for you and your people. We're all about living intentionally here so you can experience joy and balance in your relationships once again or for the very first time. Be sure you hang with us on our social media platforms. And if you like research like I do, make sure you check out our website at enneagramandmarriage.com for our weekly newsletter, freebies, and so much more, as well as at Instagram and Facebook. We have so many goodies to share with you. Let's dive right in together. I'm so grateful you joined us for an episode on seasons of love and friendship. I am so grateful to be joined by my BFF, Stacy Day, for this episode. I'm really excited I get to hang out with you too as we do this work of intentionally living well together. We are doing a year of the Enneagram and Marriage Glow Planner for those who are just catching up or doing this on the light version with us, where we go through each month with a different purpose. And this month, it's all about seasons of change. I know that there's so many new things going on in your life, just like in mine. I just wonder what they are, and I'm talking to you guys about them a little bit on Instagram too. But it's interesting to see where we're all at, and especially as I take more of a pulled back global look at my long term friendship with my friend, I can see that as far as how I like to categorize stages of relationships, she and I are in our 2.0 or afterglow phase. So today, Stacy and I are going to share about friendship with you and tips to improve your friendships, which will help your marriages, trust me. And then I'll briefly review right before that the glow stages of a relationship so you can be mindful for your marriage or your relationship too about what these stages are and how they work. So we'll get to that in just a second, but I want to give you a couple updates. One of them first is this week, if you're listening live September 2022, we have the wonderful wholehearted Enneagram conference. This is a summit that is going on all week this week, starting September 12th. And it's free guys. I'm so thankful and excited. Amy Wicks and I talked about it on Instagram live last week, but there are so many speakers coming to share. I'm so grateful to be one of them, but of course I'm very excited to hear the others. And Suzanne Stabile is talking about her 50 year marriage. And Amy said, that's a great conversation to tune into. So hope you'll check that out. You can also get the all access pass. Everything's in the show notes for you so that you can head on over there and not have to miss any of it if you are ready for it all right now. Or if you're, like I said, listening later, you could get the all access pass if you would love to just get in, dig in with an additional week of learning about relationships and life. And I just love Amy's heart. It's a heart of joy and refreshment. So when I talk to her, I feel uplifted and I hope that you get that same thing from the conference. And yeah, I'm looking forward to it too. Also, I want to let you guys know about our Enneagram and Marriage Glow Gala coming up. So grateful to be back to doing our dinner dance events live. And this time, there's an E&M theme as well as we think about how we shine out in the world together. So I hope to get people from all the different Enneagram types together, dancing with their, if they're married or whether they're single, just enjoying a night of fellowship and fun. And that is going to be in South Florida on Friday, October 7th. So come check that out with us and our our beachy area. I hope you love it. And I hope you can experience some fun seasons of Florida living with us, which are mostly sunshine or the daily rain that we have too. So 
But thinking of all of you who are not in a rainy area right now and hoping for good rain to come through the area, praying for it as well when I talk to a friend last week, Amy Wicks, we were talking about how out west it's been so so dry. So we're praying for that to just end so that everybody can get some of this Florida rain that we get and we can get some of the dry a little bit. We would appreciate that instead of humid. But hopefully by the Glow Gala, we will have our better weather. We're headed to fall, October and beyond. Now, as for the weather inside of our homes, I hope your weather and life is doing really well. I know that our seasons of change are that my daughter, who is almost 17, is getting her license hopefully this Thursday. And we're also dealing with her and my 14-year-old both taking dual enrollment classes at the college. And they're really enjoying that, but it's keeping them busy. And they're doing that on top of full loads of dance and theater and music. And my son is also busy. We just started soccer back with him in addition to some of his other classes. So we are full, but we are good full. We have our family night in place. We have our date night in place. We have a lot of family time on the weekends. We have a tradition of of going out to lunch every Sunday as a family after church in addition to that Wednesday night. We usually have one night of a weekend where we all watch shows together and play games. And so we've been able to curate some family time, but I'm aware the writing is on the wall. People are getting asked to dances, even if it is a Jane Austen dance that's like very like parents invited type of homeschool dance with long skirts. And I'm not going to go, by the way. I'm going to let my child go and enjoy. Um, but I just want to say I get it. My seasons of change are coming my way. And I am here for it all and need to do my grief work, need not to do an emotional bypass, which I think all of us are tempted to do. Let's just be mindful that each of the Enneagram types can do emotional bypasses through tough seasons. But as we do our work with intention, we're less likely to do so. Also, as we keep good friends in our lives, like my friend Stacy, that you'll get to talk to in a few minutes, you'll see that we also can make sure to address emotional issues because they're there with us through it. And my husband's pretty great about that too, because he is at a very sappy season of life where he's doing legacy videos for people. And really, we just he and I hosted our 25th class reunion and he just did a beautiful video of that. And it was so much fun for him to do that and to get into that space. And for some of us, it's harder because seasons of change are scary and we don't want to look back. And we have all these goals ahead, especially somebody who's futuristic like the three sevens and eights among us. We just want to press on until God calls us home. But sometimes there's a very good reason for pausing and reflecting on what has already occurred and the gratitude for what has already occurred. So that is something that when I have friends and family like this to pull me and even episodes like this to pull all of us back to what's most important and honoring the seasons well, I think that we're just better people. We're more well-rounded. So let's remember our stance work while we're getting our self-care, while we're replenishing. And then now we'll go briefly over 
the stages of a relationship and then our friendship chat about seasons of friendship. So just so you guys know, I do like to think of our glow or the ways we shine together as stages. And sometimes these stages are interwoven and you have even several of them at once. But in general, at the beginning of a relationship, you shine together very brightly. You're very excited about the ways your partner is rubbing off on you and you're just over the moon about each other. And then you even start second phase to heal one another where you're like, oh my gosh, like you now have me doing something that I never really knew I could do. Maybe I'm more social than ever. Maybe I've taken up a hobby that I didn't feel I had time for, but you helped me to carve it out. Maybe I set boundaries or we're getting fit together. There are new iterations of yourself that you never knew existed. And it's because your spouse or your partner is literally passing this on to you. And then we head into the shadows where we ironically forget all of that. And we are like, I'm here because I'm awesome. And this is the fundamental attribution error where we just start to forget that we've been blessed by them and that they've helped to climb up with us and picked us up when we were down and that is a really hard season because we forget gratitude, but it's kind of like that relationship dark night of the soul that we most of us really do go through. Sometimes we even hit full darkness where we divorce, but hopefully we have enough support. We have enough wherewithal. We have this faith process that helps us to realize that though our spouses are not perfect, there's grace. And though we aren't perfect, there's grace. This requires us going into the next stage immersing into the work. And that could be really doing some good therapy work, some spiritual work, probably both, and making sure you're not doing that emotional spiritual bypass, making sure that you're getting your self-care physically so that you're not exhausted, cranky, sick. And just, of course, the parts of you that are broken and grieved and not perfect and not whole yet physically or emotionally because people have trauma and people have losses can be seen by your spouse with grace and by you with grace to know that we are still worthy even if we're broken. And I like to say that phrase, broken but beloved. And so that is something I want you to keep in mind through these stages as you emerge with that 2.0 where you're shining brightly together again, but with more depth and an awareness that yes, you are humbled. Your spouse has helped you a lot. They are also failing at times. And so are you at being a perfect mate. You do have propensities and defense strategies that you enjoy more than others. And sometimes those clash and we're helping each other to have more iterations of healthy defense and to be more balanced, but it is work and it is very scary at times. And that is right where I hope you are with me is doing that work and even into that afterglow phase of just now it's pouring out to others because you are regularly balanced and now you're able to share your gifts to others. And this is right where Wes and I like to sit. And as we did our glow planner this week, it was very vulnerable to talk about these stages because I don't always like emotions, but that was part of the planner. Even my planner had this question in and, you know, I was able to sit there and pause and say, Wes, do you think we've grown over the years through these stages? And he paused and he was in his one mode parking the car perfectly. And I just paused right there with him and I'm like, oh my gosh, what's he going to say? And then he's like, absolutely. I think that we do. I think we shine so much brighter and we've been through so much together. And Honestly, just having that conversation with your spouse. And then, of course, we went on because the further questions in the planner are, what was it like in this stage? And tell us the ways that we've rubbed off on each other and think about this. And 
he was really sweet and said that I've nurtured him a lot and really taught him about that. And, you know, I had, of course, things with him being a one that he helped me to understand that I could go into academia and not feel like I had to be the partier as a teenager. So from there, there was a million other ways and spaces. And we didn't get to talk about them all, but I want you guys to have some of those conversations as we enter this month. And you'll see some of our other conversations we're having this month. We'll lean into that further. Today, though, I'm chatting with my BFF, Stacy because she and I also talked in season one, and I hope you'll go back to hear her talk. She's a master's in dietitian as well as went back to medical school and is a PA, but she is really, really gifted with the expressiveness as a two-wing one. And we talk about how we've kind of gotten to that afterglow stage together where we've been able to bless others in the world together. And it's just such a joy to be able to do that, even though our friendship is not local. So I want to encourage you with that. I want to let you know that the research stands that when you have couple friends and individual friends, as long as you're careful about boundaries, looking out for blind spots, obviously, if they're friendships that you could be attracted to, Uh, Just know that the research supports that having friends really creates a closeness to not only you and that couple, but you and your partner, because these high disclosure conditions just draw you closer to intimacy with your own partner. So when it's healthy, it's great. And then also... Just a quick caveat to helping you guys before Stacy and I talk about the seasons of our friendship, I want you guys to know that having your own friends really helps you to stay connected to greater community and collective even when you're married. So we'll be opening back up our ENM collective in October, mid-October, but whoever you're friends with, please try to have regular meetings so you have community, even if they're phone meetings or Voxer meetings as she and I have sometimes. And then also make sure that you understand that you guys can give each other new perspectives and feedback about your marriage. And if your spouse shares your morals and values generally, and your friends do too, then it's quite helpful because your friends will want your marriage to survive and thrive. And they'll be able to be just an outlet where you can go have that conversation, as some of you tell me about, where you blow off some steam with your friend, but your friend is holding your marriage in respect. And your friend is able to love your spouse and really just honor them. And I'll tell you how I've learned that Wes is such a great guy in addition to just the things that I already share about him often. But it's that every time I've talked about him with some of my dearest friends in the world, they still adore him because we know that even when Wes has issues and he gets on my nerves and things and vice versa, him and his friends with me, It's like we're all holding in like he's made in the image of God and he's a wonderful person and he has this and that trauma and here's what's, you know, happening and here's the way to validate one another without dishonoring that person and to be able to say, I'm holding you in prayer, I'm holding you in thought and sometimes even to lend an actual gift because a verse that really rang out to me this week biblically was in James and it said, Don't just say to somebody, go and have peace and go and just be well. It was a reminder that instead of just saying, be well, keep warm and well fed, and I believe it's James 2, then instead of that, we're saying, let me help you. What can I do? 
So we have this responsibility and duty to make the world a better place. So as you're listening to Stacy and I chat, I want you to be thinking about how can I in my marriage help us to process our glow? How can I in my friendships help us to process our glow together? Of course, there's a friend glow too. And it's so important to do that because sometimes it is just I am here with you in spirit and let's talk, but sometimes it's truly I'm setting things aside for you and I'm not going to take on a million other friendships because I can only handle these five or these 10 or these three, depending on who you are. But either way, in those relationships, make sure that you are giving so that you can actually be a true friend instead of somebody who's just a well-wisher, kind of that whole talk is cheap. Make sure that you are not just sending vibes, but like I'm doing things for my people and it costs me. It costs me time and attention and sacrifice. And when you chat with Stacy with me, you'll see this is the kind of friend and model she's been to me of true friendship. And I've been very fortunate to have her and I know it. So let's chat with Stacy as we hold all of this in together. Oh my goodness. I'm so happy to have you on the Enneagram and Marriage podcast, Stacy. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. It's very exciting. Oh my gosh. At long last, we have you back. And as I was telling you before, there's an article written that talks about how your episode that we did way back in season one was somebody's favorite. That is really impressive. So I thank you for all the listening. And yeah, I think we just have fun when we meet together. So I'm glad that it can be helpful towards someone else. Yes, me too. We really do. And can you believe we've had 24 years of friendship? Now that seems like a very long time, but it really has been 24 years. You know, I don't really think about it like it's been that time of span, but I mean, you know, time gets past us all. But if we think about it, like we have known each other since, you know, early dating days. And now here we are with kids in college. We're heading there shortly. So yeah, I guess the time span has been long. I know it's amazing. And thank you for just reminding listeners how (laughs) fast it goes by genuinely. Yes, it really does. It really does. I know our bodies age, but I think our minds can freeze frame Mm -hmm. a lot of um, emotional feelings um, through time points. And it, uh, it doesn't always feel that you're in the present time point. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. Well, there you are with your science. And now we're in like Miss Frizzle territory of like wormholes and time standing still. (laughs) But you're right. Seriously. Like, I love that. And I love your two wing one science brain for those who did not get to hear her amazing story. The last episode, she has a very strong academic one side, don't you? I really do. I do. I, I, I actually was surprised myself when taking the test as a two because I thought I would be one with maybe a wing of two, but it was actually the inverse. And I can see it now, mm-hmm. um, especially with all of our conversations and learning more about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think on other uh, personality tests growing up, there's always been kind of great areas overlapped in that area. So mm-hmm. yeah, it was really interesting. It is. And I love the way you said gray areas of overlap because I have really noticed myself that like I've heard others say, it's almost like the sharps and the flats. It's that close. Like, you know, B flat is the same thing as A sharp. And it's like, is it really though? Because we have our different motivations as a one and a two, but it's so close. It's almost like that. So I I love that you're reminding people, like if you're ever wondering if you're a seven wing six or a six wing seven, sometimes it's probably so close to even tell, right? 
Yeah, I think so. Mm. But when I take my test post very into my career and more into family and relationships um, as I've aged over time, if my two wing took over as a, as a prominent two and put the one as a wing. Mm. I'm just curious how no, that really goes over time. Yeah. And most theories don't really support that, but I think that we are more than theories. <laughs> and so it's really, it's fascinating. And you're not the first to ask that many, many do. And people might say, oh, you're more likely mistyped. But what I think we're both agreeing on and all agreeing on is that you had a long time in your life where academia and doing what was right was a very, very core motivation. And then you had this time where giving and being a two meant the entire world to you. And although one was still important, it wasn't everything the way it used to be. Yeah, I think that's absolutely correct. Mm, definitely. And definitely when we're younger and we're trying to get our, our footholding um, mm. in life, you know, I, I think those areas come out more prominent, but I didn't know about an Enneagram back then or, yeah. <laughs> you know, so I'm not sure how that would have looked. <laughs> Right. And we have all these cultural overlays, which we could talk about all day too, of just like growing up in the church, growing up with this kind of family or that kind of family. Like sometimes people have a very strong one overlay, which I know your family well, and you kind of did. So it's interesting. Oh my gosh. Yeah. A whole another episode to be taking a future. <laughs> we'll give you one more in four more seasons, but anyway, <laughs> hopefully sooner. But I wanted to start off just as we talk about seasons of life and we think about our relationship over years, what is one of your favorite memories of us together? Oh, I think there's just been so many memories together. I feel like it's really hard to cue in on one, mm-hmm. but I will say that I probably would captivate more on when we lived in Philly and you came out. And um, I love the whole memory of your um, family visiting us in Philly because we went downtown Philly. Mm-hmm. It really helped give it a new perspective of some historics mm-hmm. that, you know, when you live in a certain place, you, you becomes mundane because that's where you live. Mm-hmm. But uh, a new perspective when a visitor comes. So I love looking at the city through your eyes when you came in. Also from I, all your literary work that you love reading and talking about, um, <laughs> even your nonfiction scenes, but seeing the reality of the places. I, I love that, that rejuvenated joy of visiting um, and touring. But I, I guess even more so, I loved our time going to New York City. That was my first time ever being in New York City mm-hmm. and to spend it with a lifelong friend. Mm-hmm. And we didn't even live in the same state and, and to go do that. I think that was super fun. And it was also in a state where uh, we were both um, still trying to figure out motherhood and trying to find some self-care and breaks. And so I think that that moment was very savoring to our friendship. So mm-hmm. I really enjoyed that. And I also know that it wouldn't have happened if you did not, I think it would, I guess I would say, I think that it also empowers what I feel like our friendship kind of is or what I most adore about you with our friendship, because we may come up with these lavish ideas, but you're, <laughs> your portion of friendship is execution and it's Mm -hmm. like what's holding us back we just go and do it and so I don't think I would have done it um if you weren't there and so I I really appreciated that and always have valued that strongly oh my gosh you are such an angel and I love that you're up for it because it takes a special friend 
to say, yes, I'll do this. I'll go a couple of hours, you know, just randomly. And we both know at that time I was nursing. And so we also had to leave my child with Wes, who of course had formula, but just (laughs) knowing I could burst at any minute, we're not bringing a breast pump that's out the window. Like (laughs) what are we doing? But we want to have experience to go to New York because we never get to see each other anymore. And so then getting to see Wicked together, it was like you said, just, oh, thank you for reminding me of just our special friendship in that day and that whole time of Philly too, because those really like stand out as some, not just great Stacey and Krista moments, but lifetime memories for me. So thank you. Yes, absolutely. Yes, they were definitely great memories. Some that will always last all the memories. And one day, how many memories we, different scenarios we jam-packed in. So <laughs> if we could tell anything to our listeners, nothing's holding you back. If you have the great friendship and you have the support system, just do it. Don't feel bad on utilizing it. Just do it because mm-hmm. you need those moments to reflect on when you're, when you're in a moment where you don't have that. And you're like, wow, this was an amazing experience. I know I have some close friends. Mm, Yes. And you have many good friends. I'm lucky to be in the number and I'm so grateful because you are such a person who brings others around for comfort and just love. But yeah, I mean, I guess that kind of talks about the the scenario, you know, the episode theme is uh, the the seasons, right? Like we've been through a lot of different seasons together and seasons of yeah aging parents and Mm -hmm. trying to squeeze in friendships of living far apart and coming into town which we both have experiences because we've both moved around different states a lot is Mm -hmm. you know trying to squeeze in that important family time but getting that quality friendship time and coupling the two together and being there for each other if it's it's in a cafeteria somewhere or at a hotel somewhere wherever that is our friendship's Mm -hmm. still there so Yes. yes. Oh my gosh. And that is great context you put around that too, of just the grace of you, like you said, just honestly, just meeting with me in hospital cafeterias and just knowing that you have people who love you, not just on the flashy days of New York City who are willing to do that with you, but to go to these depths with you of just like, hey, watching your parent have mental health issues or dementia or dying and just so sweet that you have this loyalty towards your friends. And I just want to highlight that for a minute. Like, how do you think like, what brings you to such loyalty and friendship? I've seen this about you with others too. Like you just have such deep care. Like where does that come from? I'll be honest. I have no idea where that comes from. (laughs) (laughs) If you want a deep moment, it's not as lost here. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not really sure, but I just, I guess I just really, um, I do, I do, I do feel strong loyalty and, um, um, I guess I just must feel deeply. I, I feel like I have strong empathy and um that then trying to be empathetic <laughs> but just meaning like you know i just i do i have enduring friendships i guess that's how i view friendships um and um i just want to be an encourager and supporter to those around me and i also want that back from them right it's a two-way streak mm-hmm. um so i i do like to have those friendships and i i think i you know we really need them and i mean sometimes selfishly it's spontaneous too right like because we all get in our different seasons that we're talking about but whether we have little kids and we're super busy or 
we're trying, or moms back at work trying to juggle a career and the home life and the balances of that, and even beyond that. But you always want to have these moments where, you know, life is getting tough and you have your busy days, but you need to have your safe places to go to and your encouraging places to go to. And I think Mm -hmm. keeping those deep friendships and always being that listening ear or going to that listening ear is really important for me. And what helps me, you know, be a better mom or a wife or a friend or whatever those things may be. So Mm -hmm. I like deep, I like deep connections with people. So Mm. not everybody likes this <laughs> no. so you, you know you find them and you find them in, and then you keep them you know mm. and um and they take a long time right like they, I mean we've been friends for a very long time we have not lived in the state together for many years which maybe the viewers may or may not realize that but thankfully like we met living in the same state but we both moved in and out of um where our families are from and now I'm back and and you're forever away. So, um, you know, but we keep, we still have these great connections and these deep connections. And thankfully for the advancement of technology, we keep that, you know, and I have friends, I guess, spread throughout the country who I love dearly and I never get to see them. (laughs) And, and we, and we've relocated. And so now I'm trying to, to restart. I think it's harder when we're older to restart those deeper connections. Mm. Um, but you know, that's another season I'm in. Mm. And I have no doubt that you can do it. Like I, of course, am an optimist. So I'm like, absolutely not. It's not harder in older years. <laughs> of course, that could be a bit of denial too with my eight wing <laughs> in denial. But like, I truly believe like even I can do that. Then I'm like, Stacy can do that 10 times better because you are such, like you said, just like not only the empathy, because I like to have that too, but like just the staying power, like that is very hard for a seven. And you've worked with me as I wriggle here and there and anyone has to, you know, if they have an anxious type around them, but like you have, and it's not like intentional, it's just the way everyone's wired differently, but you have this staying power. So I just want to speak that into your life that I think you will always have an abundance of relationships because you do your work also. You don't stay in a space of pride. You you really are humble and kind and um, people love being around you. So, But you're right. So many seasons, people have to expect um, that there'll be a lot of seasons and also that they need to hang on to the friendship. So what are a few ways that you remember? I want two driving points home, I think, with this. One, I think that there just needs to be an extraordinary amount of self-encouragement. And I feel like I'm feeling this stronger mm-hmm. um, and more deeply as I've aged and maybe even more with like a parenting children. I feel like oftentimes there's drama and we watch, we watch like, I think, I think even the type of shows we watch, like, you mm-hmm. know, back in the eighties or sitcoms are very lighthearted and there's resolutions at the end. And mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, a lot of the popular drama series now are, are not necessarily like that right and so mm-hmm. I, I think that there is these tendencies to having like a lot of wide emotion spans and and gossipy type things I just feel like women need to just stand with women and mm-hmm. build them and encourage them mm-hmm. and I think that's almost like a lost art that we see in a lot of things mm-hmm. and I just really feel like um we've had those conversations, um, you know, like, Hey, you know, like I'm not, you know, I might be the godmother of your children. Like I'm not there, like their dance recitals and I'm not there at their piano recitals, but 
we send videos and you know we we build on that with each other and and try to encourage each other like they're doing great they're playing great i love how we seeing them grow and blossom and i think just having that positive support person always around to have somebody who feels like a f- your family connection right i mean we're very mm-hmm. close friends it's a choice connection of a family mm-hmm. to always be that soundboard for you like an anchor for you that mm-hmm. you know celebrating in your joys because i think you know, that really encourages friendships to grow is celebration. And so I think celebrating the joys of our children growing, celebrating the joys of, you know, taking risks in our career path, celebrating joys in just a fun book that we write or whatever that may be. Mm. I think just sharing with each other and open, have that open communication. And we've done this in very things, right? We've done it for like orally, like audibly, mm. I guess you would say with Vox. We did Vox for a little bit, which is fun to get like at least, hearing the emotions and voices we've always sent texting mm-hmm. um we're not really great facetimers we talk about it i'm just not a visual person i just don't like people yeah. like i like seeing their faces but i don't usually even focus so it's so nice that you've been there for me as an audio friend and that seems to have been working for you too yeah definitely definitely <laughs> and i think and like we don't we not, we're not necessarily the friends that talk daily, right? Like yeah. we are really busy in our own lives and you, you know, have this fantastic career and you have, um, you have your hands in so many different pots with that. And on top of that, somehow homeschooling like three amazing children and, mm-hmm. you know, um, it's, I can't imagine. And, you know, and, and, you know, I have four kids, so my life is busy, um, <laughs> And as well. And so I think that, you know, we're able to carve out those times because it's important and it's important when one of us are struggling or when one of our kids are struggling, we carve out that time to talk it through, you know, and I think you need that sound sounding board to say, Hey, is what I'm thinking, right? Hey, is this filter, right? Hey, is this emotion misplaced? Because another thing with having a friendship that you can grow through the years is it's a comfort to know, like, you know who I am, right? Like, am I not thinking clearly in this situation? Have I come so far away of my identity of who I was? Like, can you remind me a few years ago when I said this, you know, like, Mm -hmm. I think those things are all like really important to keep yourself grounded and going. And so, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so we've been able to successfully do it geographically, not living in the same area and treasuring the moments when we do get to have sneak peeks with each other. So, Mm-hmm. Uh, visits, I should say, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We eat all the Middle Eastern food we can if we're in Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of revolves around food in different places. That's one fun Always thing. Revolves we food. both love our food <laughs> <laughs> and we both love our fitness. So we've not been, yes. like you said, we haven't been able to do that all geographically together, but you know, we've supported each other through different fun physical fitness activities. I know your marathon times and just, you know, your kids cross country and just lots and lots of conversations about, like you said, all the different activities we are doing makes it feel like we're together. And just knowing you have somebody to celebrate on your team is a great thing too. Um, But I like how you hinted to our audience that, you know, it's worth hanging on to the friendships, even if you're not close and also making special accommodations for those friendships, whoever they are and whatever they're like, so that you can have these deep conversations with people who, yes, French, some friendships are for a season. We all get that. But like, sometimes you need people who really know you so you can have healthy accountability over the years, which we've been able to do together and 
really remain faithful in our marriages because we've been able to have some of that, right? Yeah, definitely. I, I definitely agree with that. I think I think we both go to each other during um, all of our challenges, but I think especially marital challenges. And I think that we have an extra blessing that we actually knew each other in our dating years. So mm-hmm. through our relationships with our spouses, we've really have always been there, you know, we're at each other's weddings and, mm-hmm. you know, each other's births. And, you know, we have pictures of you guys visiting us in the hospital where our children were born, you know, and bring your mm-hmm. kids. With. Mm-hmm. We've had like so many great milestone memories that we've, we've been there, you know, with each other for. And so I, I think that's an incredible blessing that we can go to because we can say, Hey, and, 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 you know, like, like everything, like our relationships evolve and just to make sure that even with the evolution process that we're still grounded in, in making sure, you know, like, um, thinking clearly as we progress forward, I think sometimes life gets muddy and life gets loud and life <laughs> changes on a whim. And there's a lot of unexpected things that, you know, your picture perfect childhood diary didn't account for and so it's it's so wonderful to have a friend where you can just be like wow wasn't expecting this challenge Mm -hmm. you know what you know what my my values and beliefs are how do how do I muddle through this I'm Mm -hmm. I'm struggling Mm -hmm. and just to have somebody reiterate or say stick with it or brighter days are ahead and praying for you and just having that support system there just means the world when you're in those moments. So Mm. thank you so much for being there for that. Mm. Well, it's my pleasure. It's so grounding to have those spaces. And I I love that Stacy has had flexibility. And I I know everyone listening, you need that with your friends. And I've had that with her too, that um, sometimes you can't drop everything as Melissa shared last week. You have to just tend to your kids. But if you have a patient friend who gets that, then they can be like, okay, this is like not as important as your baby who obviously needs to be taken care of, but like, it's really important right after that. <laughs> so right, I yes. think we're able to say it when it's that. And we're like getting that. And that takes a lot of maturity for all of us when we cross over from the seasons of I'm used to having friends give me first priority to, you know what, like I may have other things to do, but you're not ever out of my mind and you're on my heart, even if we don't talk. And then we'll talk a lot all in one time because we need each other in that time. And I think that that's like harder to do if you're trying to make this like your weekly date night friends where you're like, we love to have our time with that couple. But but I love how we've made it work. And I know we're going to talk a little bit about kids too, but I just want to say thank you also, Stacey. It's been so funny and also very hard in the ways that we've had to walk through some of the glow seasons of like the early shine to the dark shadows. Like that's been hard, (laughs) but having you for that has been so beautiful because I think I've said this before, but I'll say it again. Stacey has even cried for me when I couldn't cry. And that is just one of my favorite memories with you, even though it's a darker one, because it's like, you know, we give each other the gifts. Like you said, you wouldn't have gotten moving had it not been for me. And I wouldn't have felt those emotions were it not for you. So my gosh, amazing. (laughs) So thank you. And also as we... Well, thank you. And also, as we head into the topic of parenting, one of my favorite memories with you is welcoming me into motherhood with open arms, your only baby blanket you've ever made. (laughs) (laughs) My daughter, Hannah, got it. Of course, my four got it. 
I love that thing. <laughs> she does too. Trust me still all these years later, as every right. poor listener knows, they hold on to things. So it is sacred. I want to see it in a college dorm, <laughs> Exactly. Um, and so like literally somebody who's a thinking type who is more cerebral, like you are cerebral. So you're able to meet me there, but you're like, it's time for a different space in our lives. And just having a friend who knows how to be a mom before you or a parent, if you're a dad before you is so helpful. So if you're not there yet, make sure you get yourself a friend who's a parent because that really blessed me. Plus, you also stayed the night in our Glen Ellen, Illinois apartment, and I got the sense that I wouldn't be sleeping a lot after I saw how it was when you guys came and visited with a newborn. So it was like all that stuff. You were that friend that helped me with all of that. Yeah, those were some amazing years. And I feel like, you know, like you're ready, but you're not ready. And you read the books, but you really have no clue what they mean. And um, I definitely agree and want to echo that of like, you know, if you're, if you're hitting the season of a new parent, it's so exciting. And, and just having, I've always loved having seasons of women, you know, around, like, mm-hmm. I always love different generations. I love having intergenerational group. And I remember at, at a young point when we were um, just having our babies, we, we did that with our church. And I remember having just like, you know, a brunch over and just had all women from all of their own ages just come over and talk. And I remember feeling like, so reassuring at points of like, you know, some of the big milestones for, as, as, as a young mom, you, you want to do everything right. You don't want to, you think you're going to mess. You, if you make the wrong decision, your child's going to suffer for the rest of their life, you know? And for me, it was like the cry out method. I'm cried out. I'm like a snuggler. I want them to like sleep. And, you know, if I just hold them and they sleep and that's fine, you know, I don't want them to agonize with crying. And then, you know, like one of the pillar women of our church was like, oh, I let my son cry it out. And I'm thinking, oh, he's this amazing man. He's, he, has, he doesn't have any suffrage from that. <laughs> and it's just like these things that are big yeah. in the moment to you as a mom to know that other moms have went through that. And, and there's all different variations and that every family is different. And sometimes it's just the best choice in the moment. And that doesn't yield a, a negative effect on the line or just just different things you know as, as you're coming into motherhood with different choices that you never dreamed of before having to make um onto another human life so i think that's really important and that's when deep friendships come into play and and non-judgmental friendships because we all come from um, different walks of life and and we all can head in different directions and all of those way different ways are okay and so mm-hmm. i i think that's really important and i think it's really important for you know, um, and, and even just the other day, I was outside and my neighbor came over, which I can't believe she's about to be 80, but they're, they're amazing. And my kids mow their lawns for them once a week and they're great. They get out there and they teach them. I was like, yeah, they can mow, but they're young and they don't know how to, I mean, they do ours, but you know, mm-hmm. not like a business, not professionally nice. <laughs> so, wow. so they've been great and helping and I'm in a different season right now with some kids, leaving the nest and she was talking with me about her memories with that and I think you know I think as you know women we need to to do that and be encouraging of it and talk about the difficult times of it too and the sadness of it and and the opportunities of it so Mm. um yeah I've always really enjoyed that you know with us that we've always been able to um be there for each other in those times me too and just hearing you remind me that what seems important sometimes of those little differences in polarizations in early raising of kids really are not that important. Like, I mean, 
you did more what was quote unquote, I will still argue this, that it should not be called this, but attachment parenting. (laughs) I'm like, all good parenting is attachment parenting. And I was more like doing the psychological studies of my kids, like, you know, like baby whisper, figuring this pattern out and, you know, just all these things that were making it way more complex than it needed to be. Um, And then leaning towards the cry out method at times. And it's like, you know what? We're good friends. None of that mattered. Our kids are fine. <laughs> you know, like Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And and sometimes it's like a big deal. In fact, one of my friends is so upset that I was doing that. She didn't she was like, I, I don't know. And she kind of like distanced herself <laughs> from me. And I was like, yeah. and then with her next child, she was like, Oh, this child's like really attached. And then she didn't do the crowd method. I'm just like, yes, each child's different. Like, and, mm-hmm. and, you know, I had four of them and they all desired different things. And, mm-hmm. you know, learning as a mom, you do different things, you know, mm-hmm. and your spouse, you don't leave dads out of these pictures either because they're very important as well. But, mm-hmm. you know, it seems like a big deal in the moment, but <laughs> at the end of the day, those are not life altering things. We all just need to do what's best for our families in those moments, you know? Mm-hmm. Amen. And I'm so happy for somebody to just take that advice. I know they're going to, if you're thinking about letting go of a friendship because they do nursing different from you or um, public breastfeeding with this kind of a cover or no cover or hard to figure out for your family what you need to stay safe as a couple, of course, always. But like other than that, just really try to find the friends that really care about you deeply and care about your marriage deeply and respect your boundaries deeply. And you can have comfortable conversations with and don't let those little differences get to you because our kids like each other, but they're not particularly close. They haven't had that much time after the little kid years of um, being together. I'm pretty sure your son was Hannah's probably her first crush um, because, you know, first (laughs) boy around and he was a sweetie, but that was your baby years we're talking. So like we managed our friendship with very different styles of parenting because we care about each other. So that is not something we would have known, but God was better than us and kept us together. And honestly, our husbands are friends, but they got us together and we're closer now and have been for the last probably 20 years. So it's amazing in that way too yes absolutely absolutely yes they're um i mean i know when they get together in a room it will, they will act like you know they just talked to each each other last week but mm-hmm. but you're right like um mm-hmm. they don't communicate like we communicate and sure mm-hmm. not to any deep level that that we have mm-hmm. but yeah we i know and we did we we did meet meet through them so that was a blessing from our husbands. What a gift they gave. <laughs> I don't know if they always view it that way, but they right. Well, we're like, we're going to use this friendship to get through the hard times with you two and <laughs> to celebrate all the joys with you two. Um, Absolutely. So that is truly, and you know, we have these blessings together and we love to celebrate each other's great marriage moments, date nights, you know, intimate moments of just knowing, oh my gosh, you wanted to go there. You wanted to do this. This was a life goal. And I just loved walking watching you guys walk through it together because it's a journey and anyone who is married knows that it's not always easy. Um, So just being able to celebrate that for each other through the years has been amazing to me. Um, I want to ask you throughout all these seasons of parenting, as we said, you know, you have had a child just launch. It's so fresh. Um, Is there anything you wish you'd done more of, if anything, in these years of being a mom just to pass on? Or are you like, no, I don't. I just don't regret. 
Yeah, you know, it's such a hard question because, you know, I feel like when the kids are little and when you're younger, right, days pass quicker as as you age. Mm -hmm. So when you're younger, the days seem longer and the kids are home and they even feel longer. And so I think that, you know, birth to kindergarten years seemed like the longest. And I had four within those years. So they were just really busy and long and never sleeping. But I feel like I don't have huge regrets. I feel like so many mothers in my life kept reminding me and I feel I feel like I'm in their place now like just enjoy all the moments just savor them savor the sleepless nights but you don't you mm-hmm. you know you you just you just think if I could just have you know a night of rest I remember with one of my good friends when we were younger and just hanging with the kids we had we saw a mom one of her neighbors was just a little bit older and she was just cooking dinner you know and we thought wow she just gets to cook every dinner. Like, I can't wait till we could just cook dinner and, you know, the Tupperware, you know, and the pots and pans in our kitchen are all over the floor and you're tripping on them because that's what it's teaching the child why you can actually cook mm-hmm. dinner, right? Mm-hmm. And and those years are so fleeting. They're so quick and they're, and they're just really the greatest years. So I was fortunate to stay at home with them. When I say that, I sacrifice a lot. I sacrifice a career. We sacrifice financial stability. We sacrifice a lot. And I have no regrets. I don't feel like my kids are angry that they didn't have a bigger house or they didn't have things. I think that they were really happy. And mm-hmm. um, and now that they're older, they're able to say that like, wow, we had such a great childhood, but it was because that we did sacrifice so much and I was able to stay home and not just stay home. When I sacrificed and made that choice, it wasn't that I was just home with them it means that today we're going to the museum today we're going to the zoo today we're going to go and and you know down to the creek and we're going to go hunt for crawdads or whatever we're going to do right we're going to go do things and we're going to experience and we're going to make memories Mm -hmm. i think that was even easier than because cell phones were newer out and they weren't smartphones yet Mm -hmm. and they weren't as many distractions and you um you really could just be at home in the moment with them and i think that 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 is my happiest memories. And I think some of their happiest memories. So, mm. um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think with that, then I don't have regret. I, I always said work will always be there. And I was right. It's there. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. Tell everybody what you're doing too for your job, because you are amazing and you have literally no. our culture through COVID. No, that's okay. Work will always be there. I did change careers, and I think that was a really hard path to do because I did it with the kids. Um, but um, but I don't regret the decision, and they saw them work hard, and and I hope that they take that into their college years. And thank Lord, my mom did it. I can definitely do it. So um, I think all those hardships can can have positive influences. So I don't regret any of that, but. But yes, I think work is always there. And I think that's the next season that I am in. My youngest is just started high school today. And mm. I have three in high school and one in wow. second year in college. And yeah, I, I'm feeling like time winding down. I mean, I still mm-hmm. have four more years. And I'm incredibly excited for them. But I have had my oldest now moved on and out. And I'm one last child. And that feels sad and hard. And so... And it makes me think, what are my next hobbies? What are my next opportunities I want to do? Yes, and COVID was really hard. And and I think that was a really, really hard time for lots of families. Lots of families were home with each other. And hopefully that was lots of burnt building, you know, 
memories and maybe more some more quality time with your kids. I do not have that. I was gone. I was working very long shifts. Um, and I lead my PA group. And so lots of meetings, lots of changes, constant changing of different things as, as understanding of the virus and everything evolves and also lots of scary moments of thinking I'm a magnet for respiratory viruses. I don't do well with them and mm-hmm. um, knowing the inevitable of when I'm going to get this, will mm-hmm. I make it through? What, am I going to bring it home to my family? I think there was a lot of um, definitely anxieties and everything that we had to do during the pandemic. It was very rough, but with anything you grow in your family so I always say work now. I'm at a point where, where do I want my career to go? Do I want to change anything? Do I want to do anything, you know, um, mm-hmm. differently? I think we've all seen a lot of different things. You all know, have a lot of, of such a traumatic uh, societal, uh, I guess this is unprecedented. Mm-hmm. And it's happened before, right? This, the Spanish flu in the early 1900s, but nothing that our current generations have lived through or in the technology that we have now, how good it was or, you know, or, or, a reminder of what we still lack and, and so forth. So, I mean, I think it was definitely like a growing time for us all, but I think it impacted all of our families differently. And I think now that we're coming out of that, we're seeing a lot more of that impact, especially with those raising children. So mm-hmm. I would say everybody just needs to make sure that they give themselves a little bit extra grace and give your children extra grace because the normality of their life is just coming back. And there's lots of things that lots of hidden packages that have come with that such as teenage anxiety I feel like it's definitely up that we're seeing among my children's peer groups and um, communications and such Mm -hmm. so you know I think you know it's another season of change that that we're in a post-pandemic world I think there's some positive things with the way that we've used technology to work from home so that parents can be home I think maybe there's some de-stressing um, with parents being able to be home more so, but also work-life balance when you're at home is also something very difficult to do. And a lot of companies expecting you to always be available now that they've given you tools to be available at home. So I think these are all new challenges we are facing post-pandemic. And lots of families will have to internalize that and, and define their boundaries and their space with that. And um, I think these are the new challenges that we're, we're coming upon. Mm, oh my gosh, that is so well said. And I think that we're going to just head back briefly to make sure everybody, if you're, you know, kind of in and out of the podcast while you're doing other things, stay with me here when I remind you that Stacy said it's so important to make sure that you don't stay on those smartphones all the time with your kids because those are, when she looks back over 20 years almost of parenting, she's, realizing this is the biggest piece that I loved was having time with my kids. And one of the reasons I don't have regrets is because I sacrificed so that we could have more time together. And that is done in so many different ways. As we already said prior, don't let uh, small differences or even being a working parent with stay-at-home friends, like don't let that get to you. Like you guys are better than that. You can rise above that if it's meant to be and if you're willing to put the work in. But but don't don't cheat your family of time together. And a lot of parents, I don't know if you know this, Stacy, but John Mark Comer has a great book about this, and he really does a good job of talking about the ruthless elimination of hurry. And I really a want to lend it to somebody locally now. <laughs> 
and me need to tell you that they are now in the practice of doing a Sabbath from Friday night to Saturday um, because this is something, like you said, it's so foreign to family. So make sure you guys keep that in mind listening, that you can enforce this in your own families in different ways and just find yourself soothing in a different way. And it will need to be that you do find yourself soothing because when we're used to the phones is soothing us, now we need a replacement. So we can't just be like, um, okay, I don't have the phone and I don't need nature. I don't need anything. I can just sit in a vacuum. It's like most people are going to need something, but I know it's worth it. Right, Stace? Yes, definitely. It definitely is. Mm. That's, um, yeah. I, and, and also like, I guess this is probably where I was going with generations before being a Gen X hyphen close to millennial, mm-hmm. but like we didn't grow up with the technology and I think technology has really great things. Like I think each generation needs to learn from each other and not be antagonistic. Like in my generation, we didn't do this because mm-hmm. I think each generation has something really special to offer. Mm-hmm. Me too. And so mm-hmm. I think, you know, the subsequent generations can really use that technology and, and we do for convenience. I love it. Like, thank you next generation for figuring out how I can order my groceries online because I hate grocery shopping, right? Like I definitely utilize it for things of convenience, but I think it is really important to keep them, to set them down and also not to introduce them to the kids early. Don't get them on the technology early. And, you know, and, and be strong as a parent to withhold them from that. There's no reason for your kid needs to be on the smartphones or the iPads or the iPods and put boundaries. And then let the children know in our house, this is the rule. Like we had a rule. You cannot get back in my day of parenting, which is iPod. I'm like, you can't have an iPod. That, that's like the old school computer <laughs> players. Yeah. So they could do just a little bit more in that until you're eight years old. Before that, you're not on any technology, you know? Mm-hmm. And my kids would cry. They'd be like, oh, the four-year-old on the street got an iPod for Christmas, and I'm six, and it's not fair. And I was mm-hmm. like, it's fair. It's mm-hmm. creativity. It's ingenuity. Like, that's what the kids thrive on. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think it's, I think it, the newer generation just has to be so much more purposeful and intentional about it. And I think it's hard. I think our generation didn't know how to raise that. We did it. I'll be honest with you, because it was all new to us, right? So how do you put mm-hmm. boundaries on? What do you do? The landscape of it was changing so quickly. Yeah. And so, um, you know, like before it was, I mean, honestly, like my kid just went off to college. I was in high school. And I'm talking about an iPod. Mm-hmm. Some of you viewers are like, having me to Google search, what's an iPod? Because that was, you know, so like a decade ago. Yeah. Right? It was changing so quickly, right? And now there's mm-hmm. social media and there's apps and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And so when do you allow your kid to have a smartphone? When are they responsible with it enough? And then how much control or not control do you do? And I think mm-hmm. those are good arguments within the church of itself, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Really good places to dialogue because um, there's worthy aspects to all the different sides. But I think like you're saying, the one that has the least merit perhaps is my kid needs tech and they need it now. And just being able to have some boundaries around that will serve you all through your life. I know my kids still bring me their cell phones at night and that's been a blessing for their sleep. And I'm really grateful and I'm aware that that's not something most families do. And I'm not even advocating it for most families. I just started it a few years back. I have um, the older two are withdrawing types and the 
the last one is um, a complacent type. So they all do it and they all like it. But I, I'm if I had an aggressive, assertive child like myself, I'm like, there's no way <laughs> mom would have been able to keep that from me. So it's just, you know, a matter of like letting Whoa. you guys, like you said, each child is different. And mine are like, I'm tired. I'm grateful. I'm ready to turn this in and get to a regular book. And some of them have their beautiful nighttime rituals that they do. And so all of them do. And I think you're just saying like, don't cheat your kids out of time just investing in how to do some proper self-soothing without that extraneous variable. And But like, we're all still in this culture hostage to it to a degree. Like, do we like our fans? Do we like our white noise? You know, we're going to all differ a little bit there. But I love that you're just saying to people, don't feel like you have to do everything everyone else in culture is doing. Figure out what's best for you guys. Yeah, I think that's the key. And I think that makes a strong family unit too, you know? I think as we mm-hmm. moved through different seasons and, you know, we moved away from family and stuff, it made our, you know, my husband and I have to kind of decide how, how are we going to do this? What are we going to do, you know? And I think that's that's who you have to turn to is your spouse. And like, you guys are the team to figure it out, you know, and what looks okay for you might look differently for somebody else, but that's okay. That's okay, you know, like, Mm. Every family is going to have their own boundaries and, and, and their own, you know, ways of doing things. And and that's all okay. But just making sure that whatever you choose for your family, mm. that, that you're doing it with, you know, loving grace towards your children and setting those boundaries up mm. early on. It's harder to retract. It's way harder to retract. And some, you know, sometimes we had to retract because we didn't set them up initially because we didn't think about it initially. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great point. Oh my gosh. Just knowing that if you can set it up first, great. But we always say this on this podcast, like if you have to figure out whether it's marriage or parenting or life yourself, like how can I come back and repair? Because that's just as worthy and we know it's a lot harder. <laughs> so good job <laughs> to those of you like us who are in this generation where we're just figuring it out in the moment. And I know you're still there because I know it's always evolving. And thanks for being so gracious to share with us today, Stacey. Um, just even just that beautiful comment about how each culture has something to teach one another. That's what I love about you. You love to keep things fresh and innovative and positive and hopeful. And I think that in this world, we need a lot of all of that. So thank you so much. Do you have anything else you wanted to make sure you shared with our audience? Are you like, no, I am good. We got it. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. No, I really appreciate you. Thank you for having me on. Thank you for your wonderful audience, um, for listening. Um, Just uh, let's talk about our friendship. It's such a such a fun time for us um, to talk about, you know, what we've learned through the years and we just hope that we can be encouraging and, and supporting um, for those generations behind us that are, are growing for our equal generations who are, her lives are in the midst of changing with young adult children um, going forward and springing them out into this world. And for the older adults that we're, we're about to be um, with as, as mothers yes. when we do empty nests. So, Mm. Um, I just want all of us women just to continue to encourage um, each other because life throws enough curveballs. Mm. Um, we just need we just need to support each other through them. The more mm. successful families there are, just the happier the mm. world is, right? So mm. we always just need to to support each other um, to get to their successes or to feel like life is going to be okay. Oh so. my gosh. 
So I guess with that, I would just extend a challenge to just do something kind, humble and kind this week. Mm. Under the radar. Nobody sees it. It's small. Your friend's sick, just be the person who drops a case of Gatorade off at the porch, ring the doorbell, and ditch. Ding dong ditch is great. (laughs) And you did something really kind for somebody, which is something, a Mm. kind note or a kind word because the world is harsh enough around us. And I think Mm. that really just goes a really long way for lots of people. Mm. Oh my gosh, that's beautiful. And I'm just, yeah. Thank you for reminding us of all the virtue that you have, honestly, just for you to even say that is like a great reminder to every two listening, to every person listening, like you can love and serve with humility and grace and just been so beautiful to watch your journey. And you've taught me so much about how to do that, how to love and serve. And even just your words today, I send her songs. That's my emotional way. So Epiphany Taylor Swift is totally Stacy because she's in their hospital rooms. She's with the dying. She's helping them through COVID, even as she sacrifices and has to wonder, how am I going to get through this? Just like a firefighter. I mean, and then of course, our other song that I send you sometimes, which is the song from Wicked, which we got to see together for good. So if you guys need some sappy songs, those two, Epiphany T. Swift and for good. I just love those songs and they remind me so much of you, Stace. So thank you for shining out there. Thank you for reminding us to shine as a world collective. You are awesome. You're so wonderful too. Thank you. Thank you for going out and doing. You really do encourage me every single day. Mm. It's just great to have those types of friendships. And our, all the listeners too. I know that you guys have different people with different, you know, your own friendships. And so go thank them today for being an awesome friend. Yes. Awesome. Thank you for both of those wonderful calls to action, Stace. And I'll talk to you soon. All right. Thank you so much, Krista. Take care. Okay. Bye-bye. Hey guys, so grateful you hung out with us. I felt like we were just friends having coffee. I hope you're enjoying your lattes, your pumpkin spice bread, whatever you are just enjoying for your fall, if you're in that season with me, of course. You heard the woman, don't be a pick me girl, as my niece Bella would say about women who aren't there for other women. If you're a woman or you're a guy, be there for your people. Otherwise, I'm going to be watching my Rings of Power now, so let's all have a good time and let's focus in on what's most important, which is growing every day and making sure that we prioritize our relationships, our self-care, our instincts, and of course, our service to others as we refresh with all of this. So I will talk with you guys soon. Check out the show notes for everything wholehearted and glow gala. Bye-bye. Thank you again for listening with us. It was so wonderful to have you. I love knowing we're doing this journey together, not perfectly, but with love, grace, and hopefully some fun too. If you love today's episode, make sure you leave us a five-star review at Apple Podcast or Spotify so others can find it too. Visit our show notes so you can get all the links from today's show, as well as enneagramandmarriage.com, the Instagram, the Facebook, and all over the place. Make sure you spread the word. Love living intentionally with you. Bye-bye.